Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Mercies, we give you thanks for your loving kindness. We give you thanks for this season that we could contemplate and seek your face. We just pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and minister to our lives, Lord, that we might walk in peace and in joy and in the righteousness of your kingdom. We pray, Father God, that you would bless your word this morning, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth a good harvest that would glorify your name, Lord. We know that your word is a double-edged sword. And sharper than that, it reaches to the depth of our spirit and our soul and is able to minister to us in a way that very little things in this world can minister to us. Father, we pray, Father God, that this word would not return void, but that in the coming days that it would establish itself in our hearts that we not miss and miss the mark and go astray. We pray that your spirit would fill us this day, O God. And that they would abound towards us in abundance grace that we might be delivered, Father God, from the snare of the fowler, Lord. That we might be delivered from anything that is set up as an assignment to subtract your blessing and to kill, to steal, and to destroy from our lives. And that you would add your blessing to your word, Lord. That it would prosper in our hearts, that blessing that brings wealth and adds no sorrow. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. It's during this season that uh, the whole world sets aside to celebrate the birth of Christ. And there it is that in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it comes to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. I just want to know, uh, I want you to know that this season is not without controversy. That, that a lot of times we, we have a false image of what the Christmas season is to bring and and we should be grounded in truth so that we're not moved and in this time that Jesus is about to come into the world there's all sorts of political posturing there's governmental requirements and issues and and a lot of these things are at the forefront of his coming to the earth and it should be no different in our time verse 2 it says these censuses first took place while queen uh, quinarius was governing syria so all went to be registered everyone to his own city that in the midst of all these uh, requirements of the natural law, God is still moving about in his purpose. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, in, in the natural, the supernatural is being set up. Times to have to uh, renew our visas, times to come in, times to, to move in a, in a secular format. And so verse 4, it says, Joseph also was Uh, required to go up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, about 60 miles. He's having to move in the direction. And I I would like to say that, that while in the natural it looks like the government is producing Um, the influence and the move, it's actually God fulfilling his call. Because the the Bible prophecy said that Jesus was required to be born in Bethlehem. So uh, anything that is requiring you to move in the natural, you get excited and don't look at it as, oh man, I can't believe, you know, say this is, God is moving things in 
the posture of setting up the fulfillment of his call upon my life. And some of, if, if he would have been Latino, he would have stayed in Galilee. He would have stayed in Nazareth and tried to cheat the system, right? He tried to divert and move outside of the authority. But the truth is we need to learn to move with God in the natural secular realm of whatever's taking place. Your father asks you to go to the store and get milk. Don't look at it as a downfall. You might meet your husband there in the produce section, right? Start moving in your life knowing that God has a higher call and he's using lower elements to fulfill this call. You might run into Michael Hernandez there at Publix and, and there he is. Um, you know, you might connect with the call of God. And being a people, like we said on Thursday and on Wednesday of this last week, there's great expectation in our hearts for the fulfillment of God's purpose. If you weren't here on Wednesday and Thursday, you missed out a tremendous, tremendous word from the Lord. You should get it. Uh, you're going to need it. So he was to move from Ju uh, Galilee uh, from the city of Nazareth, 60 miles, 60 kilometers, um, down to the city of David in Judea, Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. All these requirements. In verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his wife, his, who was with child, um, added controversy. Your wife is pregnant. Uh, she's about to give birth. There's no hospital in the region. Uh, do we take the travels? Do we not take the travels? Why are all these things taking place? Remember that the hardships during Christmas do not defeat God's purpose. Verse 6, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give delivery. So, so compounding controversy upon controversy not only the government is moving but now the the natural state of giving birth is in in the in the mix and verse 7 and she brought forth her son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn again uh, the no room uh, talks about the lack of economic provision. How many know that the lack of economic provision does never, never discounts the purpose of God? You know, a lot of us think, well, we don't have money, so it must be that things are not going according to God's plan. That's a lie of the devil. Never allow the devil to say the lack of your financial provision uh, causes or makes room for the, the inability of God's purpose to be fulfilled in our lives, a major and, and far surpassing glory that God will make provision for you in the time where there seems to be no provision. There is laid apart uh, a manger. There's a place there and the purpose of God is still being fulfilled. Uh, a lot of us would be cursing uh, the very day uh, we were born because of uh, we would equate finances with a lack of blessing. Here, the bringing forth of the greatest blessing upon the earth was in a season of apparent lack. Apparent, you know, there's, how, how could this be from the Lord? And, and guess what? As people of God, we got to remove all the, the sense of the false expectations in our heart that make us not uh, uh, discern the times of God. It doesn't allow us to appreciate the fulfillment of, of great purpose. And while in the natural it seems that everything is stripped, um, there it was in the heavens, if you were focusing there, 
uh, verse 13, there was an angelic host, a multitude of, of God's angels in the heavens praising God. And, and this is where we have to connect to the supernatural realm. And we need to be consistent with what God is doing. And, and in the times of most despair is the times of greatest opportunity to give glory to God in the highest. And to be able to say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but you must be doing something so incredible that I just cannot see it. I cannot feel it. I don't have a sense for it. But there in the heavens, there was great rejoicing. And the announcement, verse 14, was glory to God in the highest. There is nothing greater than God who is governing the affairs of man upon the earth. And as we move in the natural, the supernatural is coming to pass. And it says, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, good will, favor toward men. And so that's what I want to be doing. I want to be rejoicing. I want to be rejoicing in the midst of things that, that in the natural, if I were to gauge in my carnal sentiment, I would have finished the story right there. Hey, hey, time out. That's it. I'm upset and, and this is over. And that's not to be. We're, we're to be careful what spirit we're walking in. And, and I want to tell you that what's to govern this season is not the Christmas spirit. You got to be careful that the Christmas spirit doesn't grab your heart because it's going to leave you super strapped for fulfillment and the expectation of God. There the angels were announcing in verse 9. Uh, it says, as the shepherds were keeping watch overnight... Uh, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the messenger of God said, glory, uh, the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly fearful. Verse 10. Then the angel says, do not be afraid for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And, and so, can, can for a second, you can put aside your carnal sentiment. This is going to be a bad Christmas. See, you would only say that if you're in a wrong spirit. If you're in the spirit, maybe the spirit of the holidays, right? The spirit of Christmas, and you're like, well, we're not going to get what we thought we we're going to get, and all this stuff. But if you get yourself in the spirit of God, and you begin to walk in the provisions of God this season, uh, I, want to, I want to challenge you. Um, verse 20 says, the shepherds returned from this experience with glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. That, that we might be looking into another realm, that we might be participating of the right spirit of Christmas, that we might gauge things as God would want us to gauge, because many times it comes that, that the forefront of another spirit is pressing upon us and it renders God's work useless. Mark 7 verse 8, chapter 7 verse 8 of Mark, uh, Jesus warned, he says, for uh, because you're not walking according to God's order and sentiment and spirit, because you're holding on to the traditions of men, 
Many times we're, we're more into Rudolph the reindeer, Frosty, I love Frosty the snowman, um, the song, uh, all, all the things of the natural realm. You see the stores are horrendously involved in the tradition of men. Um, I, you know, they call it Black Friday, right? Uh, the, the right after Thanksgiving where everybody goes out and spends money. And, and I, I wish that people get a, the clarity for knowing where they're to pursue their provision. He says, you lay aside God's order of commandments to hold on to the traditions of men. What is wrong with this? What is wrong with the tradition? Verse 9, then he said, you artfully, craftily, you all too well. How, how, many, how many know people that, that do the spirit of Christmas with excellence, but they do the spirit of Christ with horrible they, they do not line up according to God's heart. They don't walk in God's ways. And he says, you all too well reject God's order so that you might keep your traditions, that you might continue the customs of the day. And, and we could talk about the, the onslaught of how people are preparing for Christmas with no clue that it's a wrong spirit. It's a spirit that's stripping our families. Um, as a lawyer... Uh, right after the Christmas season, that's where all the people lined up at my office to get a divorce. Right after the Christmas holidays. Because they were steeped into debt, credit card debt. They were steeped into family crisis. They were steeped into uh, not having fulfilled the expectations of the Christmas that they, they so ideally fomented in their brain according to the traditions of men, but that stripped you according to the commandment of God. There's a wrong spirit that has laid grip of your heart. And there he says, you all too well sidestep God's commandments in order to hold on to your traditions. If you could get upset at your husband because, you know, the, the expectation that you have of him has stripped you of the joy of cultivating a marriage relationship for the glory of God. And, and so that we make these traditions sidestep the character of God. And he says like this in verse 13, and so you make the word of God of no effect. This is powerful. The word of God that created the heavens and the earth and everything in it, through the word of God, all these things came to pass. And you make it of no effect by the traditions which have been handed down and the many such things that you do. I want to ask the Lord that he would give us the spirit, not of Christmas, not of the holidays. I'm not a Grinch. I'm not saying that, that, that we're to erase Christmas. I'm saying, what was Christmas supposed to do in our hearts in the coming days? How, how are we moving in the right spirit so that we get the right fruits? Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17 that wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is joy. There is no captivity, there is no restraint, there is no limitations. The, the fulfilling nature of the spirit of God causes there to be liberty. And it causes us to go from glory to glory and that the end thereof might be um, that which the Lord wants us to walk in, in that free spirit, uh, the free joy and peace of the Lord. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, John, I'm sorry, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, uh, it says, be careful, 
Be careful with each one of these move of the traditions and the seasons of life that you be careful to test the spirit. Hey, my, my husband is not moving in the Christmas spirit. Thank God. Maybe he's moving in the spirit of the Lord, which is going to cause you to have joy and peace and not walk in the, in the captivity of other spirits. I, I want to challenge you that other spirits come to take our peace. They come to steal our joy. They come to make us lose focus and distract. He says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits, whether they are from God. Because many false messages have gone out into the world. What, what is supposed to happen in this season? What is, what is the, the measure of God's desire for us in the midst of these next coming weeks? Because it could be, and I'll tell you, not only have I had the experience to have the greatest amount of divorces in my law office after the Christmas season, but I want to challenge you that, that people will be committing suicide. And people will be shooting their wives and shooting their children during the Christmas holidays only because of one reason. Because of the false expectation of, of not having that Christmas uh, outpouring of the, the snowflakes and all these the snows falling upon me. I'll be buried pretty soon. Um, uh, this, this screen here. But, but can we ask the Lord, Lord, give me your spirit. Let me understand what I'm, how I'm supposed to move in this season. And I want to challenge you that, that there's a, a, one of the false spirits that move in these seasons of our traditions is the spirit of mammon. It's tied with buying and selling. It's tied with, with going to the mall, which has nothing to do with the season of Christmas in the essence of what we're celebrating. Yeah, there is no doubt that there'll be giving of a, a, a whole host of, uh, we love Christmas with respect to gifts and getting presents. There's no issue with that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about staying within the spirit of truth, staying in with the spirit of generosity according to the provisions of God. Be careful, brethren, because many spirits have gone into the world. First John 4, 4, he says, dear friends, um, we're in verse Verse 2, this is how we know if, if we have the Spirit of God. This is how we know every spirit that allows Jesus Christ to be Lord. And then the other spirit is mammon that is Lord. It tells you what to do. It, it tells you how to do it. It tells you where to move. Uh, a lot of people will go and spend money they do not have uh, to give people what they do not want to impress people they do not know. Have you heard that one? You know, the Christmas spirit. They go give somebody a present they do not need to, with money you do not have uh, to impress people that you do not know. Um, let's, let's be careful that we're not walking in a spirit that's not confessing, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. This, this has the ability to bring forth not joy, not peace, not righteousness, which is the kingdom of God, but it comes and strips us of our joy. It strips us of our relationships. It strips us from reality where, where God is truth. And then um, we go on to 2 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 2. Why would God be speaking to us this message right before the holidays? Because he's a faithful God. Because he's a God that wants us to live in true love, true joy. And because he's jealous for us with a godly jealousy. 
You know, this is not the type of message you're going to go down and, and, and sit next to the Santa's booth or go to the Santa's enchanted forest and, and, and feel the need to engage. He says, no, God is going to be jealous for you to give you something uh, like, he says, for I have betrothed you to a husband that I might present you as an unstressed out, un- as a chaste version, uh, a person who's not trapped. Um, why? Verse 3, because I fear that somehow the serpent will deceive you because he's crafty and your minds might have thoughts of, of not being able to meet the false expectation of a false spirit and that you might walk instead of being appreciative to having a parent, you might be upset at your parent and you say, you know something, this is Christmas, I was supposed to get what what, you know, you, you have something more powerful than what you could ever get and what you could ever celebrate in the giftings of Christ. He says, so your minds not be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And then he goes on um, in verse 4 to explain that there are different, he says, for if, we, if he who comes preaches another Jesus, another uh, celebration of what the Jesus spirit is than the one we have preached or if you received a different spirit the Christmas spirit the holiday spirit the nativity spirit all these spirits be careful uh, that you not receive or a different gospel which you have not accepted because um, he says you all too well embrace these spirits and these uh, messages but you're 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 pushing aside the legitimacy of the real message. In verse 13, he says, um, it's these false messengers, deceitful workers that transform themselves into uh, the apostles of Christ. One of them being um, uh, the Santa Claus, the, the, the one that, that goes from house to house and, and, and tells children that he's blessing them. I, I grew up in Christianity and some people would say, shh, shh don't tell my don't tell my children that Santa's not real. What are you doing, pastor? Don't do that on Sunday morning. Listen to me. You should not be lying to your children. That's going to that's gonna produce a horrible future for your credibility, your integrity. Um, the spirit of truth is not wrapped up in a lie. Um, and, and not being surprised, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Verse 14 um, I would garner that, that, that even more wicked than the Halloween season is a Christmas spirit season where we're celebrating everything except the essence of the goodness of God in Christ. Um, the provisions of the, the abundance of the Lord in our life and, and not, it says, but I'm not surprised for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Verse 15, so also... There is no great thing if his servants transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their work. Um, they, shall be, uh, they shall receive the consequence of moving in that sentiment. Um, the wave of the spirit of Christmas is so heavy upon us that you'll see uh, so many Christian families coming under uh, serious depression and despair and arguments and, and all manner of, of divisiveness and animosity. We're celebrating the wrong thing. 
Um, there is no doubt, Matthew 2, 11, that on the day that the... Um, on the day that uh, the three wise men came to see Jesus, they presented opened uh, treasures and presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and there's, no, there's no doubt that it's a, the, the gifting of, of presents is a demonstration of our love, and, and we're in no way against that. But do it within the realm of sobriety and reality and truth, um, not moving into the realm. I had a client years ago and her husband kept on putting away provision for his old age and for his retirement only to come to the day. The reason I found about it is because they came to me uh, to divorce because the wife had had overspent all his savings and uh, they hoarded a huge increase of debts on their credit cards. And, and so how is it that we're, we're destroying our family and the peace and the joy by coming into the false pretense of I have to spend what I don't have to participate in a holiday season that is not consistent with, with the Spirit of the Lord? We, we know that, that the giving of gifts and the provision is embedded in James 1.17. It's the Father of lights who allows us in every season to be able to receive from him. It says every good and perfect gift comes from above and it comes down from the father of lights. Um, this sentiment to be able to, to set aside and to, to purchase a gift or to uh, create a gift, uh, the greatest gifts that I've received in, in my pastorate and as a as a minister of the gospel have been those, those children back in Sunday school coloring uh, uh, you know, a, a, a coloring page and saying, Pastor, look, this, I drew something for you. And that holds so much more significance and weight And somebody is able to bake some cookies or, or bake some bread. And that, that's much more than going to Macy's or to Burdines and getting in debt. And then at the end of, uh, you know, declaring bankruptcy and, and losing your testimony of not having self-control. Let us be wise people. Let us move in a different spirit. Let us move in a more excellent spirit so that our season is full of joy and, and we can participate in such a manner that there is peace in our home. For uh, truly, Christmas is not without controversy. There's already a whole bunch of things coming in. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When Jesus was born in, Jerusalem, in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, in verse 2, and they were asking, where is he who would be born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So this is the time of worship. This is a time to share the message of Christ. Uh, Christmas has become altogether some, something totally different. To be able to share the sentiment of the Spirit of the Lord, not in hoarding, not in purchasing, not in getting into debt and spending what we don't have. Um, it says that there was something that bothered Herod. Verse 3, he didn't like Jesus coming because Jesus was going to offset his throne. If there was another king, then Herod was to worry. And he was troubled. He was moved deeply in his heart. Uh, because of the presence of Christ. Some people today will hear this message and, and something will move. There's two clashing kingdoms there. Why is the pastor talking about this? Why? Because the spirit of truth is upon me. 
a spirit that delivers uh, those that are captive, the spirit that, that brings joy into a place of despair. Uh, we should be the messengers of God's truth. And so the deceiving spirits will put self as the central focus. They won't be able to achieve their purpose without partnering with the spirit of mammon. And that's where the Bible says that, that we are to be careful as these, these spirits begin to partner up in Luke chapter 16, verse 13. You cannot serve two masters. You, can, you cannot abide in the Christmas season while you're strapped with the spirit of mammon. You cannot serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other or you will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. These are two clashing spirits that are taking place and we see them all over the place as the world easily celebrates Christmas according to their tra traditions, but they render, the God, they, they, they render the word of God of no effect. You're not gonna see these people in church. You're not gonna see these people celebrating the birth of Christ. Uh, they will celebrate Santa Claus, Rudolph, um, there's already a lot of Christmas parties you're going to be invited to, and, and, and you have to decide, am I going to walk in the true Christmas uh, um, presence of God, or am I going to walk according to the celebration of this world? Um, as I was preparing for this message, uh, that spirit of mammon is the spirit of confusion. It, it's a spirit that rests on the the ability to have money or not have money, and I would challenge you to tell you that money has never been the source of joy for any peoples. Money has never been. If, if you think, well, if I had money, I would have a great Christmas. Have you heard that? And that's such a lie of Satan. That is totally influenced by an evil spirit where you can say, I want to be filled with the spirit of the Lord where there is freedom in my life. I'm free from the traditions of men that are walking in captivity. Uh, could, I, could I join on with the, add the spirit of Jezebel to the spirit of mammon as a wife starts looking at a husband as like, you, you sorry little, listen to me. That is not the spirit of Christ. That's not the spirit of God for this season. You might want to make sure that you haven't been laid a hold from a spirit of Jezebel, a spirit of mammon, a spirit that's caught in the controversy of buying and selling. Mammon is selfish, but the spirit of God is one of generosity making people free from the traditions and the bondage that, that these traditions bring. Uh, Money has never fixed things. Money is not, if you say, well, if I could get them this really good gift that I can't afford, our relationship will be better. Ah, that's, that's the wrong spirit. That's the wrong approach to looking forward to the coming days. You know, as we press into the spirit of God, there's gonna be a, a, an adverse spirit that is gonna contend with us. Galatians 5.22 shows forth the, the, the fruit of the spirit of God. The spirit of this season is that Christ has come upon the earth to deliver us from all those other spirits. And this, the fruit of this spirit is love. It's joy and peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness and faithfulness. These things will only be reaped according to what you sow. Do not be deceived. 
God is not going to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, you're going to reap. So if you're moving in a false sense of the Christmas season, then you're going to also reap uh, something contrary to love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Um, it's always been said that the children prefer the peace between mom and dad than the greatest gifts you could ever give your child. And so don't, don't undermine uh, the power of moving in the spirit of God. And Jesus wants us to have a power to hate, uh, to despise those things that have come to enslave us. And many people will be contrary to that spirit. Um, finally, I want to just rest with Luke chapter 4, verse 14. As Jesus returns from the desert in the power of the spirit of God, um, to Galilee. And as people started getting to know his, his move upon the earth, he walks into a synagogue in verse 15 to teach. And being seen by all in a manner of great glory. Verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And according to his customs, and traditions, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he'd opened up the book and he found a place where it is written. And this is the essence of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has put his fragrant anointing upon me to be able to proclaim good news to the poor. Good news. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captive, the spirit that brings liberty to those that are captive. To restore sight to those that are blind. And to set at liberty those that are being oppressed. Verse 19. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Can we stand this morning and say, Lord... Pour afresh your spirit upon me that I might be a true witness in this season of being free from the traditions of men that enslave and ensnare. That my family is the greatest gift God has given me. That my wife is, is really the, the outpouring of God's abundance and goodness in my life. That my husband is, is my, my hero that I'm able to walk with the appreciation of not false expectation, not a, a deceiving spirit, not a spirit that enslaves, a spirit that oppresses, a spirit that makes the tradition of men more important than the spirit of God. And as we're set free from this spirit, we can rejoice. And we could thank God that in the midst of the controversies of this season, and listen to me, do not allow the traditions of men to tell you that the Christmas season is without controversy. Remember having to move from your hometown or under the order of government, under rules that you were not expected, under the bearing of a child in a season where there is no hospital, there is no inn. There, there's a manger. Things look like they're upside down upon the earth. But it's the fulfilling of God's purpose that should bring rejoicing into our hearts. 
Because nothing is going to stop the purpose of God from being realized in our hearts and in our homes if, if we abide in the true spirit of God. If we embrace the, not the, not the uh, appearance of the Christmas spirit or the, the holiday spirit, but if we, we press into the essence um, as uh, yesterday we went to go buy a Christmas tree and, and everybody was out there like, you know, angry and not, not going through the joys of, of whatever the measure of the provision it is for this season. It was a char- the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, you remember? This is just one branch with one little bulb. They were going for five bucks yesterday. You know, to be able to celebrate the, the, the Christ has come into the world, even with that, that's precious. And, and, and whatever is the measure of the provision, don't go beyond because that's you're, you're starting to walk into another spirit. You're, you're starting to void out the, the spirit of God to accommodate a false spirit. And, and there are many false spirits upon the earth. Uh, we have decided that we, he says, this is the true spirit, those who confess Jesus as Lord. Jesus, you are going to set the parameters of our celebration and not the traditions of men. I'm not going to walk in some false pretense of what I have to do to be happy. See, that's the false spirit. Because the spirit of God, its fruit is joy. So let's sing a song to the Lord and and be at freedom this morning to thank God for this message and say, Lord, thank you. And and break the chains. Break the chains of expectation from my mother-in-law, from my father-in-law, from my aunt, from my uncle, from my grandmother who told me my husband's no good because he doesn't. Whatever the issue is, he says, that's a lie of the devil to steal my joy. And the Spirit of the Lord has come to break the chains of anything that might steal my joy in this Christmas season. So I don't know if you guys have a song and we could worship God together and thank Him for the, not the Spirit of Christmas, but the Spirit of God that will accompany us during the Christmas season in a manner that we can truly be free and joyous.
my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for moving me in your purpose. Thank you for adversity and conflict and controversy. Thank you, Lord. Give us a spirit of gratitude. Give us a spirit of thanks, oh God. Break all spirit of death. Break the spirit, Father God, that's heavy. Set your people free, oh Lord. The spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, oh God. We give you thanks, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 